0: Tickets go on sale this Friday, the 26th of April at 10 a.m., but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday, the 24th of April at 10 a.m. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there.
1: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out.
0: guest for this evening is Jamelia.
2: Hello. How are you? Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. You've been sat watching? Yes, I have. I was up there. Been having fun? Oh, I've been absolutely loving it. Watching or listening to people say what you've been thinking aloud And you're like, yes, it's not just me. I'm not weird. Yeah, it's been amazing. I just love the fact that you've done this. And, you know, congratulations to you. This is amazing. And thank you. (laughs) Honestly.
0: Don't, because it's the last night. And I'm already feeling a little bit emotional. (laughs) So I can't guarantee I won't cry uh, during this. Jamelia. Yes. Talk to me. What was your childhood like?
2: Do you know, my childhood was really fun. I grew up in Birmingham. Very, very proud Brummie. Um, And Birmingham is what I would describe as like a melting pot. So I had so many different experiences. I was immersed in so many different cultures and races. And it was just beautiful. A really lovely childhood. I didn't grow up with my dad, but my mom did what I would say was an amazing job. And I don't know how she did it. I really don't. <laughs> Did you have siblings? I have two younger brothers, yes, and um, I also have two older brothers from my dad's side. F- house full of music, and we had the Gladiators here, it, based in Birmingham, nice. and we, yeah, <laughs> and it was the mom. best, yeah. And my mum ran um, the local play centre, so we'd get free tickets every single week over the summer holidays. It was the oh best. My God. We, we also had this thing called the adventure game did anyone do that please don't tell me I'm alone in this oh my gosh I gotta tell you about this so the adventure game you were given like a passport and it allowed you to kind of get on the bus get on the train but you had to get these stamps in it you had to go to different venues the science museum and whatever and it was so fun so every summer we did that we have like so many kind of like nature kind of parks. Samuel Valley would do things like fishing and getting tadpoles and we had frogs. We had every animal in our house and it's very strange for a Jamaican mother to allow animals in her house, <laughs> really? but she did. We were the collector of strays and that included people too. Um, <laughs> but, it was, and, but it was lovely, really, really lovely. Did it make you think, or did you ever think about your family life when you were older and
0: what that would look like and the kind of mum that you would be? It didn't really
2: involve children. Mm-hmm. And, and like my friends, my school friends can attest to this. When everyone found out I was pregnant, they were like, Jamelia, Jamelia's having a baby. Like I'm the last person you would think would have a maternal bone in my body. Now, whilst I love children and I love being around them and stuff like that, I don't think anyone saw me as being a mom, least of all me. I so had my... how did you feel when you found out you were pregnant? I was 19, so I think I was, I was just ready, I don't know why, I just, so I'd always said to myself, if you're having sex, then you might get pregnant, and that was it's really... It's a good thing yeah. to say to yourself, <laughs> yeah. It's wise. It, so it wasn't like, oh my gosh, my How life is, is over. Up? Yeah, exactly, it was just kind of like, yeah. Were you
0: already like... Jamelia as we know Jamelia at that time.
2: Um so I found out I was pregnant on the day that I I think I won my first Mobile award. So I was performing my first single and even so when I won the award, my mom was like, "Don't worry, at least you've got this to show for it." <laughs> <laughs> because and and please don't think my mom is like some horrible person, but it was literally I was pregnant at a time where in the music industry, if you get pregnant, you're out of here, you know, and that it was normal to get dropped. So I hid that pregnancy for quite a while. Sounds really weird saying that pregnancy because that pregnancy is set up there. (laughs) She's 18 (laughs) (laughs) and she's amazing and the best thing that happened to me. But um, so it was a scary time and it was kind of like just a given your life's over and, you know, you're not going to be singing anymore. Isn't that
0: interesting, though, because I think for most people who get pregnant as a teenager yeah there is that thing of we've all heard it look oh, your life's over now yeah
2: yeah and people would say it to me explicitly really? um even after i had tasia people would come up to me in the street and say you know what have you gone and done that for and luckily for me my mom had me as a teenager my mom had me when she was 17 and so um she was the one person that was like this doesn't mean your life's over you can do whatever you want and you know she was very extremely supportive and I'd say a huge motivation in me continuing forward and having the audacity to still go after my music career and my most successful years in the music industry were was after having a child.
0: Did you feel a pressure during your pregnancy to keep going as to like prove that you could still do it?
2: Not really not really I just honestly I just kind of felt like huh, it's not going to happen. And then it was after I had heard that, you know, my mum was like, well, why does this mean it's over? Can't you sing? You can sing, can't you? Jamaicans are very to the point, like, that, you know, it's no kind of, oh, darling, no, we're not, we not, don't do that. Um, and it was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's true. And then, yeah, I got in touch with the record label, and they were like, yeah, whenever you're ready. And I was surprised at that as well. How that long they, did you leave it? Um, about six months. So I had Tasia in... March. So I actually started recording on September the 11th uh, and the Twin Towers happened and I was like, it's a sign. And so I ran back home and didn't record again until about a year later. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I was really shook up by that. I thought it meant you're not supposed to leave your baby. And so, yeah, I went back home.
0: What was that first labour like and in, in, in meeting, Tasia?
2: Do you know what? It was so relaxed. Really? I was so ready to meet her, it was beautiful, it was lovely and um, a far sight from the second one, that's what I'd say, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it was honestly, it was blissful, I had an epidural, that's a huge part of it as well, listen, I I remember that she was born while I was watching Jerry Springer Um, (laughs) and and yeah, I was so chilled out and it was just like, okay, now I'm a mum, you know when you're younger, you don't, I feel like you don't really question yourself, you don't really pressure yourself and I just kind of feel like I wish I was like that in December 2017 when I had my third and yeah, I'm still pressuring myself. Well, that's an interesting thing though because you had the two yeah, and then there's a big gap and then you had a third. Yes, yeah, a big gap. Yeah. <sighs> All right. <laughs> I'm, okay, so I had Tasia when I was 20. And then my last daughter, I had her at 36. And um, my gosh, I think there's some sort of amnesia that happens. Because I just, I honestly, I was just like, have I really done this? Because if I have, why would I do it again? Like, i it was just, and, and I'm saying it was as if it's past tense. I'm still going through it. I'm still dealing with you know, having a baby. I mean, she's throwing herself on the floor now, and I'm just like, oh, I can't be bothered. But I, I, I genuinely can't. It's just, and we're all like that as well. Cause, and I've got two lovely teenagers who are more than happy to help out, and a husband. And my husband's like yours. It's 50-50. There's no, you're not babysitting. You're not helping me out. We did this, so we're going to do this. You were there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yet the experience is just so different. It's such a different experience. And I don't know if it's because I'm older. I don't know if it's because it's a different time. I don't know if it's because we're saturated with information and Instagram and social well, media. Well, that's an
0: interesting thing, isn't it? So mm-hmm. back th- back when you had Tasia, you can yeah. kind of... You're making it up as you go along. Absolutely. Whereas now you post yeah. something and it's like, oh, Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do that.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that's it. And it's really hard to... I'm already dealing with this and then I've got to, not fight, but it's like I have to deal with like comments and stuff like that to the point where I just don't post anything anymore. The other day I complained that all the girls' clothes are pink and so I buy boys' clothes for her because she's playing and she's getting dirty and and I feel like pink clothes make girls feel the need to keep prissy and neat and I'm just like, I don't want that for her, I want her to feel as if she can climb and get dirty and get messy oh my gosh the comments I had to turn the comments off it was ridiculous I was just like why is that such a big issue and yeah and I just kind of feel like I'm a little bit reluctant I get a bit scared when posting baby related stuff
0: well, the interesting thing as well, I think, is that in that gap, mm. things would have changed. Oh my gosh! the so yeah. guidelines. Will yeah. you, did you put Tasia down
2: <laughs> on her front? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there was so much. So even the change between Tasia and my second daughter. So my second daughter was born five years later. Things changed then, and then things have changed again. She has to now go on her front or the swaddling. I mean, my baby doesn't like it. She hated it. Absolutely hated it. It is literally a minefield, isn't it? Because it's not only, you're not only tapping into your own kind of mothering instincts, you have to deal with advice and unsolicited advice and professional advice and Instagram advice and, and YouTubers, which I love, <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, that means I'm doing it wrong. Or, or she looks like, you know, look how clean her house is. And it's like, you know, you, you try and follow like the cleaning tips and. When the baby goes down, you do this, and it's like okay, and then it's like no, <laughs> no, this doesn't work. It is. I think it's ignorance is kind of bliss. It is. It and is. you would,
1: you,
0: but you would have had pressure. Yeah. Uh, like with your first pregnancy, because yep. you had to
2: <laughs> do your thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think so. The pressure was very different. I think, um, and it was literally coming from record execs that you have to slim down, you have to look like someone who has not had a baby. I mean, but I have, and yeah. again, I was younger, so you know, I'm. And now it's just kind of like, I dare you, I dare you to tell me something about my, but you it's know, scary my weight. Or
0: when you're, you, it must be scary when you're in. That's your job, mm. and you've got someone. I know. I have a friend who mm. her manager would literally rub her thighs and be like, <laughs> "Gotta sort that out."
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah, that is and was the experience, and I think. You just accepted it. But one of the things that I think is great now is that if something like that happened, we'd talk about it, we'd hear about it. And I think that is one of the fantastic things about social media, being able to put certain conversations on the table. And I really appreciate people who are honest and I really appreciate, and I love seeing kind of people banding together and, you know, making real change. Mm -hmm. Um, And normalising stuff as well. One of the... um, there was a maternal mental health week and I'd only just heard about it on the off chance and I was literally yeah in a pretty bad way I would say and I started posting just I feel like this and this is what's happening and this is what I do if this is happening and so many people engaged with it and I was just like oh my gosh thank God for that like literally thank God for that and um There's power in sharing. And and even if you are the sharer to receive people kind of normalising it, even a comment, you don't understand how much a comment can literally raise your spirits. And sometimes sometimes I use social media for that as well, just to, you know, make me feel a little bit better. During Maternal Mental Health Week, I was doing these posts and also kind of researching maternal mental health. And I realised that I was actually suffering with postnatal depression or postpartum depression. And I went, yeah, I went to my GP and I told her and she was just like, yeah, you know, this is completely normal. You know that so many people are going through it. Had I not engaged or did that on Instagram, I wouldn't have known something so important. I was literally... I would sometimes be literally looking at my family and just being like, oh, they don't like me. You know, they don't like me and they'll be much better off if I'm not here. Literally watching them and and look at them they're laughing and they wouldn't be laughing if I was there and I just didn't know what that was I just I don't even even now I I don't even know how to explain it but something about the engagement that I got from those posts made me go to the GP and then subsequently have a conversation with my family and
0: and that's the thing with mental health mm -hmm. because it can creep up on you oh my gosh yeah and, and you have a happy home environment yeah yeah. When Teja first was first born. Oof. Well, I mean,
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, let's talk about it. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not afraid to talk about it at all. So, when I was pregnant with Teja, before I was pregnant with Tasia, I uh, was in a domestically abusive situation with her father. And um the reason why I left that relationship is because he hit me when I had her in my arms and I just thought, "Do you know what? It wasn't okay. It was never okay." But my thinking at that time as a 20 year old girl my first relationship my thought was it was okay when it was just me but are you really going to make this decision for your baby as well she was newborn she was about four weeks old and I just thought I uh, you know I have to go and I literally packed up her stuff and left and then even that wasn't an easy thing to do but um yeah making that decision oh, it was the best decision I could have ever made. For but the strength that I yeah. would have
0: taken at that time.
2: I, again? I don't know how I did it. I could hardly like, get out of bed when I had True. True's my youngest baby. Sometimes we do have to pat ourselves on the back just to look back and think, you did that when your baby was four weeks old. And also, so how
0: long would you have stayed in that relationship exactly. had it not of Glee for Tasia
2: coming into her life? Absolutely, and that's and that's something that I, you know, I think about a lot. I believe I've always believed that children are a blessing, you know, and and their timing is, it's never a coincidence, you know, and yeah, she came at the perfect time, and as I said, changed my life in so many ways. Even when it came to my work ethic, you know, having a reason, you know, I was an inner city teenager who didn't really, I didn't really see myself like being famous or being someone who worked in the public eye. Honestly, I thought I was gonna work in the corner shop. That was my actual dream. Um, And yeah, it really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, it was like, yeah, it was John shop and that's where I was gonna work. But then- Then you realized you had a really good talent. Well. Somebody else did, to be honest. But, you know, and then, and then, you know, yeah, somebody kind of gives you the idea or the validation that do you realise you could actually do this? You could change your life. You could change your whole trajectory by tapping into this talent and working hard and putting in the effort to rehearse. and And, and again, like, having literally a person watching you no, that's what that's what she does. Tasia was my little tag along at she's the time. She's still watching, yeah, she's now, still I mean, watching me now. Come on, Tasia, give <laughs> us some place. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, everywhere I went, Tasia came with me and was literally watching me. And it was kind of like, you have to, you have to be successful. You've got this little girl, and you could change your life, her life, and. Even who she has become as a young woman today is a true testament to the influence and motivation that she brought into my life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I I just think, (laughs) thank you for sharing. Oh. Because... You think of the people that are in those situations that feel trapped. Yeah, yeah. And actually, Mm. stepping out of it is the first step to a new life and freedom. It
2: it is, and it's a very, very hard step. And um, I mean, I even wrote a song about it. And because I felt that it's so important for us to talk about it... um, if anyone of you are familiar with me, you'll know that I've got a big mouth. and I, nice. I don't know what you're talking about, Jamelia. You don't want to share your opinion. <laughs> but I think it's really important. I think honesty is so important because that's how we bring about change. And at the time that I wrote, thank you, um, you know, people weren't talking about domestic abuse. And I just thought it was so in my head. And I don't even know how it became that way. But in my head, it was normal. In my head, it was okay to be getting battered, that's ridiculous. I read
0: a headline where it said that you were literally doing top of the pops and yeah. then going home and getting yeah. a beating.
2: Yeah, literally. And and that was my that was my normal and I accepted it as my normal. And this is what I'm saying, there are so many people in those types of situations. Some people don't even realize it. Mm. I wasn't really You know, I just kind of thought I just need to be better behaved or I just need to do this, I just need to do that. And really, you know, I was with someone who had a serious problem. And again, you know, I'm now 38. I'm much older, I'm much wiser. And, and, And even looking back at that person, I just kind of feel like it's important for me to continue to tell this story so that if anyone listening hears my story that hopefully they are kind of shown that there can be a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's worth more. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. People only do are only abusive if they have a problem. Do you know what I mean? It has nothing to do with you. It's not about you and it and there's nothing that you can do that can change that situation. So you have to think about your self-worth and why you are important to you. Yeah. No.
0: What were those early days like with Tasia once you'd left that relationship?
2: Do you know what? I'm not going to lie. I, I mean, I did feel the sudden rush immediately after she was born. And, you know, I felt that with all of my That's children. Okay. Yeah, it's I know, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and people always say to me, oh, my gosh, you're obsessed with your children. I'm like, yeah. I am. They're literally my best friends, (laughs) which is probably hugely problematic, but they are. I, the bond that we have, I mean, it's still there, so she still wants to come out with me. Like, you know, this this is our girly night out. (laughs) We have mother and daughter dates and stuff like that. But um, those first days after that point, I literally felt invincible. I felt like I could, I can, and I should in that time I remember um him saying to me you're never going to be anything without me do you know how inspiring those words are <laughs> <laughs> um, you know and and I don't live my life in a in a place of revenge or look at me now I genuinely don't feel like that but it's just kind of like you don't own me and you never ever will and so for me it's about creating I just want to live in a world of beautiful things and I want to create that for my children as well and so it's so important to me to kind of chase and seek happiness at all costs and it's not about revenge it's not about looking into the past and saying you know I I completely forgive him I think you know I think he's a weirdo but and and my, my reason for forgiving him is because I don't want to hold on to that kind of pain I don't want to carry that with me at all so the best thing for me to do is forgive and and also, I get to really enjoy all of the amazing things that my children have become. And it's going to sound like it's such a weird thing to say, but maybe if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be so, I don't know, hell bent on achieving greatness and happiness for me and my kids. Mm. Yeah.
0: But isn't it strange that coming out of, so now having true. Yeah. Yeah. you've got postnatal depression when you're actually in a really happy place. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, this is it. I mean, this relationship. <sighs> Are you going <gonna laughs> to get mean... gushy on us? <laughs> I mean, he's, I couldn't have dreamt him. I genuinely couldn't have even, you know, if I was to, I don't know, write on a piece of paper, my dream man, he still exceeds that. <sighs> Oh, gosh, I'm just going to sound like such a soppy git, but I, he's just so amazing. But at the same time, I feel that even my postnatal depression probably comes from a place of um, trauma kind of building up. I've had a lot of trauma in my life, and I think a lot of trauma that I haven't dealt with. My mom was a single parent, and single parents, I think, have this whole... I can do it by myself carry on and and I was a single parent for over 9 years and so um having that experience even you know getting married and having a baby with someone and having someone change the nappies and someone saying you know babe just go to sleep It's just like, oh my God, oh my God. You know, it's literally like I've won the lottery. So even that, I had to get used to. I had to get used to sharing parenting duties, someone else doing the school run, that everything wasn't on my back. Uh, You know, I'm not even sure if people do really speak about this, but the transition of going from a single parent to a parent in a loving relationship is a really weird one. Because it's like, you're really happy, but you're also like... Can I rely on this person? You know, can I let go? And it's still happening, you know, now, even just kind of like leaving the house today, it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, I just, I just get to just put my heels on and leave. Well, yeah, is that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Well, because uh, I guess
0: before True came along as well, mm-hmm. your husband yeah. was stepping into that father. Role. Yeah,
2: absolutely, absolutely. And so I had a very traumatic pregnancy with True. My waters broke at 23 weeks and um it was as I said, I've had so much trauma in my life going, you know, from childhood not having a father around and just so many different things happening and then being in a great relationship but then the a kind of motherhood trauma that I'd never experienced before. Motherhood was always something that I was very confident about. And then, you know, to have your waters break and to be totally out of control of whether or not this baby's going to survive, literally every day for 13 weeks, it's literally like the baby was hanging on a thread in front of you. And it's like, oh, today, when your waters break early, they don't just break once, they break over and over again. And so, you know, I was hospitalised several times, I got sick. And even just things like, you know, I can't do the school run, I was on bed rest. And then when she was born, she was about five weeks old and she stopped breathing for four minutes. It was horrific. The worst thing that ever happened to me. And the reason why I say that is because, and, and this is something I want to urge everyone, if you, especially if you've got a newborn or, you know, even just a baby, child, whatever, please do first aid training Because when my daughter stopped breathing I didn't know how to help her and I cannot explain to you how traumatic the experience of your child literally dying in front of you and you being unable to resuscitate them because you just don't know and it's so easily learned. The reason why I say it's so important to learn is because the trauma of that day is still with me now. I can't send her to nursery. I can't be apart from her. I literally stayed awake for four weeks, which you know, started a whole other set of problems. But um, so there was a lot of issues around my pregnancy. And again, to even go through that and to be so fiercely supported and looked after was strange to me because as a single parent, and any single parents here will know if you're sick, you're just sick and you just get on with it. And, you know, and so even to be looked after was something that took a lot of getting used to. I felt guilty for not being able to take my children to school. Um, I had really bad morning sickness. Gosh, I'm, I'm a real poster child for pregnancy, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, but even like my morning sickness meant that like, I couldn't take my children to school and mm. stuff like that. And, and I... I'm and also, t- but
0: going into mm. it again... Having had two, <laughs> you kind of you
2: feel like you know what you're letting of yourself course, in for. Absolutely. I, I was like, oh, yeah, pregnant again, cool, I got this. I, I did not got this. It was, it was, <laughs> it was, honestly, it was, it was horrific. And, you know, it was horrific to the point where kind of like I made the decision I am never having another child again. Um, I've since changed my mind recently, but, um, but he hasn't, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't
0: it? I think something that's come up while doing the live shows as well, Mm. We always kind of take the mickey out of men in those situations. Yeah. But it must be so hard to see the person you love Mm. going through something traumatic like you did or even... Straightforward childbirth, Yes. knowing that they are helpless.
2: Exactly, it is, and and I think we do need to appreciate the men and what men go through in that scenario. Oh, can I just tell you another little thing? You I just can wanna, tell me whatever I just, you like. I'm listening. Because <laughs> I just want to make it sound as really as awful as possible. <laughs> I went, <laughs> I went into labour on the day. Do you remember when we had that crazy snow and um, everything stopped? Yeah. So and sorry, I have my. I, you know, I'm, we should turn this into like a film or something (laughs) Uh, my um Tasia was having a sleepover so she had five friends at the house as well and we all I was like guys we're gonna have to go one of her friends was googling how to uh, deliver a baby I went into basically I went into labor and then um, we had to walk to the train station and it was an absence me and five kids and I was like you know, calling the parents, can you come and pick your child up from the hospital? <laughs> the delivery suite. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, and but that being said, you know, I and I don't want to scare anyone because despite all of that, I genuinely would do it again. Not that particular thing, but you know, I would go there again. But the trauma that you know, I think my husband went through. I I yeah, I, I I get it. I understand, you know. I mean, I do think it's not that surprising that you suffer with postnatal depression. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot for someone to go yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And and again, you know, it's even that kind of feeling allowed to feel quite crappy. And it's not something that you just get over with, get over it overnight, but you do get over it. And I think um for me, I've found an incredible amount of... It's not necessarily support, because these people don't know they're supporting me, but being able to go online and on social media and see other people experiencing the same things or recommending websites or people or... I don't know. All of these things have helped, and um, I'm truly thankful for that. And I imagine part of it as well
0: is feeling mm. like you've almost... Failed in some way. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. that irrational thought that mm. this is... I, I've, I've failed her.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people talk about motherhood guilt and stuff like that, and it just doesn't go away. And um, even now, like, true is almost two, And... I still feel that I overcompensate with her. I feel like, oh, my God, I, you know, I have to make sure she's happy at all times and that, you know, we, you know, I'm literally Mary Poppins. I'm like, yay, you know, <laughs> jumping out of bed. Yay, I'm knackered. But it's just like, yay, you know, it's another day. And But again, I, I also feel that dealing with postnatal depression, it's going to sound like it's such a weird thing to say, but I feel like my children have been a fantastic for me you know having that reason to get up having that reason to you know even having to change a nappy and those responsibilities have kind of in a weird way kept me grounded you know i've i kind of i've lived with depression anyway mm-hmm. and i don't know if my children weren't here i don't know if i would still be here like i i really doubt i would have been and so when it comes to postnatal depression itself I mean even this weekend I had a really really terrible episode and I was like really like you know maybe I shouldn't be here but then the toddler comes in, and mum, 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 mum. That's that, that's all she says. She doesn't say anything else. <laughs> and then it's like you know she wants a book, and it's like okay. And then then she wants a different book, and then she wants to throw herself on the floor for no reason. What you know? Then she wants to I don't know eat some sellotape, and you just like oh that's, we can't really. And then it's kind and of then like because you can't sellotape away. She's really mum exactly, a nasty mom. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And it's just kind of like. I love that kids just don't care. I actually love that. I love how honest they are. I love that they let you know I need you and I want you and I want this and I need this. And I kind of feel like we could learn a lot from our children, demanding what we want, be brutally honest. Because you have to think babies are happy all the time, most of the time. If they get what they want, they're happy. And it's like because they tell you, I want that, you know. (laughs) What's it like
0: having a baby with teenagers in the house? (laughs) Um, I bet
2: they're really helpful, aren't you? (laughs) Thumbs up. Yes, she is. (laughs) Um, Honestly, you know, people always think, oh, yeah, you've got babysitters on deck. And it's like, yeah, kind of. I actually homeschool my 13-year-old. So, um, How did that come about? um, Trauma. Should we just say trauma? Really? that whole anxiety about you know the school run and stuff like that and then my daughter was going through it as well and you know she hated school she wasn't having that experience and I just thought why force her into an environment that she doesn't want to be in every single day over and over again and it got to the point where you know she was having mental health issues at 11 and I was just like do you know what come home you know, you need your mummy, you know, and I mean, it was also around the time that True was born as well. And it was the best decision that I made because she's so much happier. She just needed her mummy. And I think that when a baby is born, we, you know, we're very careful about other toddlers or children that are around, you know, under the age of nine, I'd say. But when it comes to like teenagers, you're like, no, they'll be fine. They still want their mummy. Like, you know, even at 18, like, you know, I've noticed my eldest daughter, like I've noticed that we still need to spend that time. We still need to bond. Like, it, it's very important to them. Is Because I think when babies need you, it's one thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. But when they get older and mm. the problems are bigger, yeah. like dealing with anxiety. Exactly. That must yeah. be really heartbreaking.
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, ve- very heartbreaking, actually. And I think... Um, because you can't just me, take it away. You no, can't
0: distract.
2: No, not at all. I think, and you know, there's a huge conversation to be had about teenagers and mental health, especially in this day and age with social media and how they build their own sense of identity whilst immersing themselves in constant messaging on you should look like this and the Kardashians. And, you know, they are seeing these images and especially as young black girls as well. They're not quite often seeing themselves represented, so it's like a it has to be kind of like a conscious seeking of and and I have to help them with that. I have to help my children navigate their way around you know social media or online content. I can't just leave my child to go and watch YouTube I have to make sure that what she's receiving and what she's what she's internalizing I think is really important and um in our household we are very open about our mental health. Um, we have a little cold. It's not gonna be a cold anymore because everyone knows it, but it's like, um, would you like to have a chat? You know, and, and it's and it's it's not necessarily a cold, but it's just kind of like, you know, or I need to have a chat. And that's literally, or would you like a hug? Like those kind of things are I'm feeling like I've got an issue with my mental health. That's basically what that translates as. And I'm glad that I've suffered with depression because I get to have open conversations with my daughters about it. I let them know I completely understand. I let them know that how you feel is valid. I think a lot of the time, especially with teenagers, we can be like, you know, wait till you get to 30. You know, you don't know yourself yet. But I think we have to appreciate and acknowledge that whatever they're going through is legitimate and to you it might just be a spot and to them it's a huge deal and I think we have to just be careful and as careful as we are with our toddlers to kind of just be easy and allow them to express themselves I think teenagers still throw tantrums but just in a different way Mm -hmm. and um but I think you deal with it quite similarly.
0: Well, isn't that thing with babies? they yeah.
2: vocalise it and yeah. you know straight away, whereas exactly. I imagine with
0: teenagers, they can internalise it, which exactly. is actually more terrifying. Oh my gosh,
2: it really is. It really is. And, that, and that's why, you know, we have, it's very important to me that we have mental health. Speaking about mental health is on the table. When I when I was diagnosed with postnatal depression, the first thing I did was, we're going to have a family meeting. It was a very hard family meeting. But um, again, we live in the time where we can google things and it's like you know even postnatal depression it was kind of like if i couldn't articulate something then we can watch a video on it or research and it's been really helpful did it bring you all closer together at a time where you were feeling further away from them i think so i think that um i think when you're dealing with mental health issues alone in your home which a lot of us do i was for months it's like you're creating a gap but then when you're open about it and you feel open about it it's i don't know it's like a sense of release but it's also it's also letting people in and it's very important that you let your family in it's very important that you ask for help the other day well i took a day i was just like <laughs> you know what i'm out of here and i literally just left the house and then when i came back i was like listen i'm feeling overwhelmed um, i'm finding this really hard and it really helped and i th- but it's know. important that we do that, isn't it? Because I think in terms of relationships as well, yep. they, it can just build up and up and
0: yeah. up and that resentment then builds up, yeah. that anger. Before you know it, you're kind of just a boiling <laughs> point or breaking point it's and so you have true. to kind of vocalise it. Yeah.
2: I 100% believe in communicating and over-communicating I have to, I I just feel that that's freeing and it might sound selfish, but I'm just like, I have to tell you that this is what's going on. I have to tell you that I'm finding that hard. I have to tell you that I just need to sleep for a little while longer. As I mentioned earlier, my husband is incredible. My children are incredible too. But my husband's more incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, my children, the teenagers, you know, sometimes it's like, hmm. But what, is, what, is the, <laughs> what has been the
0: toughest part for you? You've now had the newborn stage, you've had the toddler stage, you yeah. know, the part where they kind of, whatever, and yeah. then you've had the teenage, like, what yeah. is the most difficult bit?
2: So it was the day that my daughter, so my 13-year-old, it was the day that she made herself a sandwich. So let me just, let me just break it down. Okay, and it's gonna happen to you. You laugh, but it's gonna happen. So um, I pride myself on being that mom, you know, whatever you need, I got it, you know. And my daughter went and made herself a sandwich and I've never cried so much because it was just like, she doesn't need me anymore. She can make her own sandwich. I mean, you have to think about it. Like it means she can feed herself. And, and it was like such a huge moment for me. So, as I said, I was, um, I was a single mom. And so that was my, when I made my decision to start dating because I was like, oh, they're <laughs> going to leave me. <laughs> Literally, I'm not even joking. What was in that sandwich? <laughs> it's probably like cheese and tomato. but it was still a sandwich. She didn't need me. She cut the bread herself. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, she used a knife. Like, I was just like, oh my gosh. And so I made the decision at that point that I need to start dating. And then I met my hubby. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There's a whole thing about finding time for yourself and having that me time. Yeah. I literally think I've only found it this year. Yeah, yeah. And I think before that, I think because of the having the kids and then yeah. work, I've been the busiest ever. Of course. I kind of feel like that time is almost selfish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is ridiculous. Th- that love yeah.
2: girl just comes in and goes, no, you may not do that. Yeah. You may not, like, ease your mind. I'm I'm a very big, like, scheduler, which sounds really boring. Scheduling in your uh, phone? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and I and I kind of feel like that day, at least one day a month, I should have for myself. And I um, suggest it to my husband as well. You need to have your that day to yourself. I think it's very important. And a day is rubbish, really. You know, we haven't... I can't see us going on like a couple's holiday for now. So it's kind of like, yeah... (laughs) You go off. I'll go off. Um, you know, this is basically a date today. This is our date. We're on oh, a date. Because um, <laughs> yeah. cause I, I just don't get out much. I really, really don't. Um, um, and I'm I'm exactly the same as you. I'm, you know, we're both working from home. And so it's just kind of like literally work kids, work kids. And going out, it just seems like such an effort. So, um, yeah, getting ready today. I was actually quite excited. I was like, i mm, going to do my hair. I'm mm, going to wear my heels, you know. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, we're on a date. <laughs> well, I, I'm very happy
0: to be your date partner. Uh, what has been the thing that has surprised you most about motherhood?
2: how often you move the goalposts being that saying you know when I'm a mom, this is the type of mom. I mean we're true so true uh, almost two as I said and she um, is born in the time of iPads and iPhones and I hated <laughs> being at restaurants or you know being in public places and seeing kids with iPads and stuff and I was just like when I was pregnant I was like there's no way my baby's going to be doing that and da 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 we watch Moana about three times a day the whole <laughs> film and um, and I'm sorry, like, I make sure, you know, you know, you make sure the device is charged just in case. Because I just don't have time for the meltdowns. I don't know if I was a different person when I was 20, but the terrible twos are real. Like, <laughs> oh my, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. Like, I'm in such shock at the moment. I'm just like, oh my gosh, in a supermarket doing the superman down the aisle i'm like come on (laughs) really really and she and she's not really talking yet so i I also feel sorry for her because it's like no it's just because you can't say what you mean but yeah and as i said how often i move the goalposts and and that goes all the way up to you know my 13 year old has been wanting to wear makeup since she was about three and you know and i was like no way are you allowed to wear makeup until you're at least 16 and um her birthday's coming up and i'm like yeah what can i get from morphe let's go and you know because it's just kind of like some things it's not worth the stress sometimes it's just making it easier on yourself and other times you just want to be lazy and i think that's also (laughs) okay i really do i think it's okay you've got to give yourselves a break sometimes you've got to pick your battles so does that thing actually matter absolutely oh and cooking everything from scratch That's gone out the window. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's so gone out the window. Yeah. Okay, final three sentences for
0: you to complete. Being a mum means?
2: Means I can do anything else. Genuinely, I think if you achieve putting your child to bed whole... (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 and even if it's not whole if it's still breathing that's you, you you literally can do anything there's nothing more challenging than being a mom and so yeah it means that i can do anything else yeah. since having children i i'm gonna get really soppy but i i know my strength uh, yeah i really do know my strength what i'm capable of
0: and i'm happy when
2: I am alone. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. at <laughs> <laughs> nice the end of the tour. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, honestly, I am happy when I'm at home surrounded by my children. genuinely. And my husband, <laughs> gotta <to laughs> drop him, there, him in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's allowed.
0: Jamelia, yeah. you have been a joy Aww. to listen to. Thank you so much. Please give it up, to Jamelia. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank Go walk you. Walk off.
0: <laughs> yeah. Come oh. with you. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Birmingham. You have been amazing. That's the end of the Happy Mum Have Baby tour Aww. 2019. You've been incredible. Thank you so much.
2: Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys.